What's the matter, Dee? This yes, is the spot where it was first seen. Why? Recorded at 106 Public Square, this is the Simply Done Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of the Simply Done Podcast. I'm Josh. This is Justin. And we are here with a former leader of us, I don't know, like a co-worker, a friend um, of us, and she's amazing and a genius and a great leader and has amazing advice for life. And introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Pat Asp, and I'm currently the president of Compass Executives. Uh, Compass is a boutique uh, consulting firm of people just like me. Uh, that have either run companies or owned companies and now want an opportunity to give back uh, to businesses and executives, either from problem solving, uh, strategic planning, executive coaching, uh, succession planning, um, global awareness as companies grow. And global awareness is something that we're experiencing uh, every day as our uh, Nashville the greater Nashville area becomes more and more diverse. So tell us, Pat, what is your background, like your education? Uh, I guess start with education and go into like your first job. Oh, okay. That's fun. Um, how long is this? Well, actually, I have to start at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, I was raised on a dairy farm in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And my father was an equal opportunity kind of guy. I have an older brother and sister. And so we were all um, called upon to work on the farm from a very young age. So up early in the morning, we were part of a team. We were part of a family. Uh, It was instilled in us very young, a very strong work ethic. And also, our parents really believed that we all needed a good education. So we were, um, I should say demanded, but to do really well in school uh, was important. And so I graduated uh, from Michigan State University with a degree in dietetics, actually, and uh, did my internship at Mayo Clinic. Uh, Then once I was done, subsequently joined a contract management company out of Minneapolis where we were uh, contracted by hospitals to go in and lead their clinical services and food service departments. Uh, We were acquired by ServiceMaster where I spent 25 years uh, in uh, growing roles of responsibility, ultimately became a president of uh, the strategic business unit for food management services and was promoted into strategic planning, human resources. In the last two years I was there, I implemented Six Sigma in Voice of the Customer uh, in our 5,000 locations globally. And we were able to contribute significantly to shareholder value um, without laying a single person off, which was really important to me. Um, I found that uh, in work, Uh, It's all about the people. Mm. And I think it's important as leaders that um, we take a stand and stand up uh, for the people in the organization. And we find that, and I found with Six Sigma, is that if you can put $60 million on the bottom line or six cents a share, 
and not lay a single person off. I believe everybody can do that through process improvement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I'm a big believer. Sam Walton said people before profit, and that's mm -hmm. how he did. That's why Walmart is where it is today. But I think they've gotten away from that. Like when you go to Walmart, it's not about people anymore. It's all mm -hmm. just mass, like make a lot of money. And my grandmother's worked there for many years. My mother's worked there for many years. And just hearing like they're like my grandmother, for example, like she's just like she's 83 and still mm -hmm. working mm -hmm. and uh, she's reaching her end it's not the same it's not family it's mm -hmm. a bunch of kids that don't yeah. show up and things like that so you've seen like where if you don't put people first i mean right you know, yeah well i think that um my service master experience was really uh invaluable and we uh required all of our executives to go out once a year and do a we serve day and that meant you put a uniform of a service employee and you did their work for a day and you learn that you become invisible mm -hmm. you become invisible we did housekeeping plant operations maintenance food service you name it we did all of the services uh, in hospitals and colleges and universities and in businesses and the minute you put that uniform on, you were invisible. People didn't greet you. They didn't say hi, good morning, nothing. And I think once you experience that, you empathize. And so people always ask me, like, Pat, why do you get such great service? When you're in a restaurant, when you're in a hotel, and it's amazing. You know, people all have their name tag on. And I'll call people by their name. And they're shocked that I know their name. And I'm going, they said, well, how do you know my name? I said, well, you have a name tag on. <laughs> and they said, nobody ever calls me by my name. Mm -hmm. And a person's name is the most important thing you can say to them. And it's important that we recognize the dignity and the value of each person and treat them with respect. And when I don't see that happen in a company or by someone that works for me, that's kind of my bright line. I don't want to do business with them and I don't want them working for me. I mean, a name says a lot. So just like anytime someone would say my name where I've worked or anything, I feel great. Right. Like even now when we film weddings, like some random groomsmen would be like, hey, Justin, Josh, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm like, whoa, like you listen to like. So, exactly. yeah. And that's not just for business owners or that's just in life. Like right. exactly. take the time to learn names. I remember I, when I worked at McDonald's, that was one of the coolest thing because obviously we wore name tags, but I worked there when I was. 15 to 21 and when people be hey how's your day going justin i'm like well it would catch me off guard i'll be um and guess what they got like a free apple pie or something. <laughs> you know? it made me feel good and so and it doesn't make any difference how old no. you are uh -huh. it doesn't make any difference what your title is right um we're all human beings mm -hmm. and deeply ensconced in the marrow of our bones is a need for significance yeah 
And if we can give other people significance by something as simple as using their name, um, just think. Yeah. It's the greatest free thing that we can give is <laughs> just know. saying a name, you know. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And when we worked at uh, the company we worked at together, um, the first time that I went out to the field, because I was in a marketing department and we were in the room, we hardly ever got to go out. But when, when I did first, and I don't know about you, Josh, and yeah. same for you, Pat, first going out into the field, I'm like, holy crap, I get it now. Okay, you're, you, you have to deal with these many kids. <laughs> it's tough. And do your job and make sure that all these things are functioning in a very small time by yourself. Of the day. Yeah. You know? like every day. So, you know, going back to the office and having meetings and preparing to, to put these materials out for these people to use yeah. for marketing purposes, it's a whole nother take. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, yeah, it might be a little hard for them to do that in the yeah. middle of doing all yeah. what they do. Mm -hmm. So, it's, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, like it's definitely important to get out there and be at the front line. Absolutely. In the battle. But. And I think that's where you really learn what's going on in a company. Mm -hmm. um, I've never started in a new leadership role in the office. I've always started in the field, uh, talking to the people that were closest to the customer, uh, to really gain a firsthand um, look at what is the business, you know, what does the customer value? What is the customer willing to pay for? Mm -hmm. And in what do they really, what are they really buying? Because sometimes the product isn't what they're buying. That it's more than. We used to clean houses and most people would think, oh, you clean houses. It's about clean how clean it is. Not necessarily so. Mm. For some elderly people, was their main interaction with another human being all week. They mm. just wanted the person to sit and talk. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really care about how clean the house was. Yeah. And so it's important that we learn that firsthand. Exactly. Of what is the need, the true need of the customer. Mm. Because it's easy to sit in a boardroom or and like make decisions without really, I mean, you could see why it's profitable to make this decision, but like on paper, right. in reality, is that going to be profitable? Is it going to actually hurt your business, destroy your business? Right. You know, so. and, and, you know, I, I believe and still to this day, if there's, if there's an idea that I want to explore before I change the whole company, pilot it. Yeah. <laughs> Do a little mm -hmm. test, see, then expand the pilot, mm -hmm. go a little bit further, you know, and then once you have proof of concept in your total customer base, now that has to be with large customers, small customers, medium customers, mm -hmm. different markets, because proof of concept, just because something works with one customer doesn't necessarily mean that it'll work and have value with the next customer. And so it's important that when we're going to make change, we understand all categories of customers before we roll something out. Um, and then be willing to tweak and be willing to come back, adjust, come back, adjust, um, so that 
it continues to get better. And I usually have the people that are most against change be the people that will pilot. <laughs> and I have people that are the most pro-change be the people that pilot so that I get good opinion from those, the doubters, and from the supporters. Because yeah. if you can persuade the doubter to like see the possibility of the success of something, then that's mm -hmm. huge. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus, they're going to be honest and not mm. oh. sugarcoat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you know that. So, and yeah. a supporter might be one to bring out the negative. Like, I thought it was going to be great, but... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. This yeah. one a little rough. How can we fix that? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so, so what is the toughest decision you've ever had to make mm. in your professional career? For me, it's always been around uh, people. Um, I think... As I look back, um, how um, if I needed to let someone go, for example, um, someone that we both had great aspirational uh, goals uh, for their career, uh, and it didn't work out. And I don't care how old I am and how many times I've had to do that. Over the years, it's never easy. It is never easy. And so what I found, uh, for me personally, when I had to deal with those situations, is to make sure I always reminded the person and myself that they were no less talented today than when I made the decision to hire them. And so that they knew they were leaving with as much or more talent mm. than what they came with. And that it really wasn't their talent. It was the needs of the company couldn't be met by their particular skill set. And that we needed to find someone that had the skill set to meet the needs of the company. And that, I've set people up in businesses over the years that I had to let go, that they were very talented. They just couldn't do what was necessary for the, mm -hmm. for the company. And I think that also allowed me over the years to take a situation that I hate. I mean, there's nothing about sitting down with someone and saying, it's time to go. It's time to move on. That is any any enjoyment at all. It just isn't. Just Even if isn't. they're a terrible employee and a terrible yeah. person, it still is. They're you human. Know, you know, they're human. They've got yeah. families. They, you know, they have, they have a livelihood, and it isn't. Um, you know, it isn't easy. It's not easy. Even if they, you know, they make you really angry. Yeah. They're just easy. 
And I would like even like we would one day like to have a hundred employees mm-hmm. where we can like make them happy and have a place to come to work and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I think I could see myself hiring someone that I know is going to be a challenge. You know, mm-hmm. just like oh, this will be a fun. Just, let's see if I can make them a better mm-hmm. person, better employee, better husband, wife. Mm-hmm. What you know, Whatever. like just and yeah, I could see and like. But- they might not work out. <laughs> you know? Well, and you have to be careful not to hire a project. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to. You, you don't want to hire them, and you don't want to marry one, right? <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is that's probably the best advice she'll give this whole. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to hire projects, and I think what happens to us as leaders or business owners is we think, oh, well. I just know I can make them a better this or I can mm. make them a better that and I'm going to make her better this. There's a difference between helping someone develop than taking them on as a project. Mm-hmm. And the distinction is you see incremental growth in terms of the areas that are needs for the business not having to spend an inordinate amount of time with a project. And because when you're spending that much time with an individual, something is being let go. Something in the business isn't having eyes on, hands on, mind time, because an individual is kind of sucking up your day with all your time. And it's a caution that when I'm coaching executives, I have them, first thing they do is kind of do like a time. Where am I spending my time? But then who are your big interrupters Mm -hmm. of your time? And people look at that when they're done and they're going, oh my gosh, I'm spending like all these hours. And so we develop strategies on how do you... um, organize your time especially with the individual that's monopolizing your time and giving strategies in terms of having the person keep a little notebook writing all their questions down and have a scheduled time that you're going to meet with that person every week so that they know they're going to have time with you they're keeping track of their questions and 9.9 times out of 10 they answer the question before they get in your office Hmm. You know what? You saying that? I think my project person is Josh. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting a long time, Josh. But well, now's the time to let you go. Good luck by yourself. Good good luck by yourself. (laughs) We complete one another, like Jerry McGuire. Yeah, Justin completes. No, I mean that that is like my biggest fear uh, as we as we plan to grow. Um, You know, I've thought about it before I don't think we've even talked about it like what is the hiring process like I know when we first had this idea for Simply Done we were we had a list of people from Mm -hmm. our past workings with with our past colleagues and we were like okay we're going to approach these people because I guess we we knew them and the screening wasn't going to be as hard Mm -hmm. like I've only had to let three people go in my career Mm -hmm. and it was I, I hated it I hated 
So, like, I, I think we're going to have to hire somebody that does that. Well, yeah, HR. And hopefully we never have to do yeah. that to <laughs> that person. Yeah, HR. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm the kind of person I think I would want to do it. I mean, even if we get to a level where multi-million dollar company, like, I just, I think I would have to look them in the eyes, like, myself instead of All right, HR. good. So you're that guy. Yeah, good. I'll do it. I'll do it. I volunteer now. <laughs> it's on the record that I'll be the person to fire people. Put it so. in his job description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is just off topic, but um, I know you're really big on diversity and women leadership and things like that. Like just a couple of days ago, uh, we were filming a nonprofit and they, it's women angel investors. Mm-hmm. Like it's teaching mm-hmm. women that they can be angel investors. Like, right. And they shared some stats like 87% is a 47 year old white male, you know, mm-hmm. and like all these women are out there and I forgot the number. It was a crazy amount of money. That mm-hmm. is, women have that they can invest in companies, but instead maybe they write to charities and right. things like that, where they could be investing into a business and mm-hmm. like and they can make a difference in all these people. So just speak on like the importance of like diversity and that like women mm-hmm. are just as valuable. I mean, in this world that we're living in, you know, like people can kind of. Well, the research shows, yeah, Josh, that. Um, Diverse boards and diverse executive teams, if you look at their the business performance, is superior to hmm. not having diversity. Exactly. So if you look at it purely from a dollars and cents perspective, uh, diversity drives higher performance. That said, um, what we find, and you mentioned about investors, hmm. Um, they did a research study at Harvard, and so they had men giving their pitches for investment and women giving in their pitches. And they wanted to see the difference of why most of the money is going to men, not women. Hmm. Now, this was interesting. Men talked only about the upside of their business. That's all they did. They talked upside, 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 upside. Women tended to um, talk about the risk and of the business as well. And so when they were presenting, the guys, it was all upside. The women had the risk. So the guys got more money. And so there's a lesson in there, I think, as we present. Uh, as women present, uh, for both, for both, not only for the people presenting that want the investment, but for the investors as well, because the difference of those businesses, one was not more risky than the other. In fact, when you're only talking the upside, it might be more risky Hmm. than the others. And so there's that element of, of just from a business perspective, from an investment perspective. Um, I'm very passionate about it because I had opportunity well before my time as a woman. And I feel it is incumbent upon us as one link in the chain to make sure that those links following us have the support 
needed and the mentoring and the sponsorship necessary to become all that they, their aspirational goals mm-hmm. and, and to be part of that in a very real way. Um, I'm on the, uh, a not-for-profit board called Forward and we are committed to professional women to help them through mentoring, digital content, and local groups to really help in their development. Uh, Because in today's environment, in companies, what we see is there's not a lot of time spent. People are so straight out. They are so straight out. They are not getting the development and the mentoring that they need. And so frequently, a lot of the coaching I do, I think, gee, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, rocket science stuff here. But nobody has the time to do it. Hmm. Nobody has the time to develop uh, the executive team. And I see that not only in companies, but for business owners. Because who's developing the business owner? You know, who? Who's really working with them and helping them look around the corners so that they can anticipate a little bit more. Great, great point. It's just, I think it's very important to have people from different cultures, backgrounds, because like, I mean, Justin and I have pretty much same background. So Mm -hmm. we have the same ideas and same. So it's good to talk with other people of different everything. Absolutely. Like just, it doesn't matter, you know, Mm -hmm. so. I think that's vital in success is just to hear different opinions and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Justin's all about like thinking outside the box and like, are you sure you didn't think about this and that? And like, so when I you got, can bring in other, I ideas. drove, I drove Sarah Haston crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm she sure like, you heard about it. Was it a long journey or a short <laughs> journey? <laughs> long. She, yeah. She, okay. We're going to make this piece of blah. i be like, why are we going to make that flyer? And why does it say that? And but it helps me for for my creative process too. Absolutely. Um, and writing the headlines and, and and so why is it being made? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like I'm questioning the integrity of the piece. Right. It's getting a better understanding. Yeah. And mm-hmm. kind of goes that way with all my creative clients that I have now Absolutely. for design. You know, they're like, hey, I need a flyer for um, this event. I was like, okay, well, what is event trying to do? Mm-hmm. Is it a charitable event? Is it just a shindig? Is it, you know, what is? So because the feeling will change depending on what you're mm-hmm. wanting for. But, well, and they yeah. say, you know, and of course, when, when I was doing Six Sigma, you should ask why five times. Mm-hmm. You should ask why five times because you kind of can do a fishbone diagram then and kind of answer the question, well, why are we doing this? But why do that? But why? Mm-hmm. Ask it five times to see yeah. if you can really get at the essence yeah. of why a particular action or processor, it could be a flyer, it could be something that needs to get done and really get at the core. Of, see, I'm, I'm a genius. Yeah. You're a genius. Know it. He should have his black belt in Six yes. Sigma because he asks <laughs> at least 10 times. What yeah. comes why? after black belt? <laughs> Go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about servant leadership? When you say servant leadership, it means a lot of different things yeah. to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think 
for me, it was always uh, waking up in the morning and thinking about my people uh, in any organization that I was leading and thinking about how do I help them achieve um, their aspirational goals through the work that we're doing here in this company. Mm-hmm. So that it wasn't just about what we did, the to-dos. It, what is the person becoming as a result of the work that we're doing? And it's that development. It's that, you know, continuing. I don't consider myself an easy boss hmm. because I'm in teaching mode 100% of the time. Yeah. I never go out of teaching mode. Which drives people crazy. I would agree with you guys. Yeah, we saw we saw something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got in trouble one time with you. I don't know if you remember. I got in trouble. You did. You talk, yeah, did. like I posted something on social media, and mm-hmm. and you called me out, and I learned you were teaching me. So yeah. like, well, and yeah. and I think that that's part of it, you know. And and I always tell people that you join the company not for a new best friend. You have yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, you join the company for a career. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's my responsibility to do everything in my power to help that individual grow and develop uh, to achieve their goals. And, you know, in many times I always would say, oh, I pick up my towel and basin every morning and I wash feet. Unfortunately, not everybody wanted their feet washed. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's life. Everyone wants a best friend. I mean, not everyone, but like, I mean, there's like different leadership styles. And I I think one of the worst ones is to be a best friend. Like, because like, it's easy to walk over a best friend sometimes because you think they'll just forgive you for everything. But in a workplace, I mean, you got to work hard. You know, it's not a vacation. I mean, but you need to have fun. You need to enjoy what you do. Be passionate. But it doesn't need to just be like willy nilly, you know. Like, and don't you think though? Like a lot of times with our friends, we tell them what they want to hear, not necessarily what yeah. they need to hear. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's paramount as uh, in a work team that we're able to tell people what they need to hear, uh, so that they can continuously um, grow. Yeah. And achieve their aspirational goals. I mean, we all have goals. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what your role is in a company. We all have aspirations. We all have dreams. And if we can, as leaders, help them achieve their dreams through the work that they're doing, Mm -hmm. then that's not work. That's purpose. Yeah. That's purpose. Because so. you want employees that don't dread coming to work every day. Exactly. You know, you want to give them purpose and you want them to learn. Like mm-hmm. we spoke on a podcast before, one of the best things for success is to continue to learn. And mm-hmm. what you were saying earlier is mm-hmm. we don't have time for that sometimes, but you got to make time for it. And as a leader, I think you should help people learn and grow and things like that. Well, so. and I think people like to help. I mean, you know, if there's a company out there that you admire, you know, Call them up and ask if you can spend some time. Yeah. You know, and just say, hey, we, you know, we're starting our own business and we would like to learn, you know, from you. What were the biggest mistakes you ever made? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What were the learnings of those mistakes? And how did you then go forward? 
and just talk to people. And I think as a yeah. rule, people are more than willing to share. Yeah, because people are scared to ask questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, I know when I first started Little Josh Productions, mm-hmm. I contacted some of the top people in my industry. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, if they respond, if they like say, mm-hmm. screw you, like move right. on. But actually two of them like taught me tons, you know? Yeah. So See? like, I mean, that's what you have to do. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are scared to do stuff like yeah. that. So well, let me turn it on you. Yeah. What yeah. do you think servant leadership is? Justin. Hmm. Hmm. I can see him thinking. So I'll say this. Um, when I think about it and you as a leader, I remember this is one thing you would ask in interviews. Do you remember, you know, the one question you ask? I don't, hopefully you're someone that's going to be intervi- interviewed by you isn't listening, but yeah. like you would ask, how do you tell the difference between good and bad or right, right and wrong? wrong? And I think that's an example of servant leadership. Like you got to know what right and wrong and, like mm-hmm. what what it means to you so mm-hmm. like it's just serving with a good heart and like the right thing and it might be the tough thing and but it's the right thing to do and things like mm-hmm. that i think it's the leader if they'll roll up their sleeves and get get to work with you mm-hmm. you know and from working with you pat if something happened you would call the troops together and we sit in one room and we'd hash it out you didn't mm-hmm. say okay Jim, <laughs> you lead them and figure it out. I'm going to go back to my office or I'm going to take the rest of the day off or something. You were in there 12 hours if we needed to be in there for yeah. 12 hours. Like, I think you were always at work before I got there. And when I left, mm-hmm. you were still there. But, you know, I think that when you say that, the question of telling right from wrong, yeah. you know, especially if you're in a distributed model mm-hmm. uh, and multiple locations you're not supervising everybody every single minute of the day. Um, if you don't understand the moral compass people are using to make decisions, how do you know? Mm-hmm. And that question was the toughest question <laughs> I asked. And I was amazed that nobody had ever been asked that question before. Yeah. Um, in fact, it made the executive team very uncomfortable because they knew that the person that was being interviewed um, was going to be humming and hawing a lot. And so they would count the ceiling tiles and the floor (laughs) tiles and nobody would make eye contact. But it, it did two things. It helped me understand how emotionally mature is the individual in their thinking Mm -hmm. of discerning right from wrong and have they really thought about that Uh, because emotional intelligence or emotional you know EQ whatever you want to call it um, is important whether you're at the top of the company or you're the person closest to the customer and you're right there on the front lines your emotional maturity and your emotional response to that customer and how you tell right from wrong is paramount Mm -hmm. to superior customer service. Hands down. And so it did that, but it also sent a very strong message to the person that I was interviewed that this company is different. That this is important stuff. It's not just a job. Exactly. And 
a good example of that was we decided to hire a, a professional sales team. Mm-hmm. And their resumes read like the who's who of sales professionals. And during orientation of the five, uh, I got some feedback from the trainer that, you know, I said, well, how is it going? I expected to hear great, fantastic. <laughs> well, it was kind of like one of those, I don't know. Huh? Well, I said, what's going on? And one of the people in the room was doing a lot of side conversations. Mm-hmm. And so we were, we had people presenting. They weren't officers of the company. They weren't managers of the company. They were our everyday folks that were in customer service or, you know, front lines in production, whatever, explaining what they did, how it worked. So I said, well, see how it goes tomorrow. And I got the same report back. Hmm. So I thought, hmm. I said, I'm going to be there tomorrow. And I brought a book with me, uh, C.S. Lewis, The Weight of Glory. And in that book, it talks about you have never worked or been exposed to anything more holy than another human being. And I read my little excerpt. And I told him what I had heard. Told him, if you can't live by treating people with dignity and respect, you can leave now. And sure enough, the person left. Really? Mm -hmm. Nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. At the company you guys work with. Yeah, okay. I think I remember this situation. (laughs) And and what it said is there is this bright line that um, as a leader, as a servant leader or whatever, that says, you know what, my job is to serve. Yeah. And we got to get results, we got to get, you know, everything done. But, but first and foremost, I'm here to serve and to get barriers out of the way, to, to do what's necessary, that people can do their level best. Yeah. And what tools are needed, what training is needed, what do I need to do as a leader to help every individual in this organization? Uh, do their personal best. Um, Like I said, not easy, as you all Mm -hmm. attested to, but what a great, what great things you can do. Yeah, and as, like, if you weren't a servant leader, like, you could have been like, okay, this person has a great resume and they're going to be successful. It's just, I guess they don't enjoy training and I'll just let it slide, you know, Mm -hmm. but as a servant leader, as someone that cares about everyone, like, Mm -hmm. you you did what you had to do because yeah. you're watching out for the team instead mm-hmm. of the individual. So, we, we called it yeah. coaching moments. Yeah, exactly. We called it, I, I would tell people new. Mm-hmm. Like if they were on a, um, on a conference call or if I was in a meeting with them or whatever, and I said, hey, you know, give me a call later, coaching moment, they knew it was going to be a way that they could get better. Exactly. And that's all it was. Mm-hmm. It was just a, like any coach that has a team on the field or whatever, you, you can't be on the field, but you're providing feedback. Yeah. Right. Last, last question, because I know you mm-hmm. need to go. What's the worst answer you got to that question, to telling <laughs> the difference between right and wrong? Can you think of that? The law. Yeah. Oh. They follow the law. Like the man's law? Like, yes. Like, okay. And <laughs> were they like direct about it? They said oh, yeah. like right away? Oh, well, I always follow the law. And I'm going like, 
just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. And just because it's right doesn't mean it's legal. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you hire that person? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, well, because I gave them full opportunity. Yeah. I probed, I probed, yeah. I probed. And just, they didn't and get it. They didn't get it. Yeah. Like, my answer would be, Justin, you can give yours, but, like, I mean, I'm a Christian, so that, but, like, it's what my grandmother would think if she saw me do this. Say, if I was selling something, I was lying about it. Like, what would my grandmother say? Like that's so that's kind of my been my basis through life. Like I didn't drink growing up, like in high school and all that stuff, because I'd be like, "What would my grandmother say if she knew I was underage drinking?" You know, <laughs> and stuff like that. Or what? Plus, you were breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the law wasn't even what I was well, worried about. It was like your it's my yeah. right? Which she taught me how to pray. She taught me like right. that's my example of Christ. And stuff. Yeah. So, like I mean, and not like you don't have to be a Christian to know the difference between right and wrong. You know, exactly. like I think that's a big part of it. But you don't have to be a Christian, but like just like you got to have a moral compass somewhere, right? you know, and it's not right. just the law. And there's like, the golden rule transcends all religions. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Exactly. Treat right. others as you don't want to be treated. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Justin, yeah. what's your answer? I <laughs> see if you'll be hired or fired. For <laughs> <laughs> I would go. It's something I don't know. Like, for, for instance, I've met I met Josh at, at where we worked. And before then, like even like the the smallest like ticky tacky, uh, I don't even call them lies. Mm-hmm. Just not uh, just not not the truth statements. Mm-hmm. I would say sometimes. And being around Josh has opened my honesty more. Mm-hmm. And I know it really doesn't answer the question, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's directing it to, to, to like is it going to hurt somebody like emotionally. Is it going to affect anybody in a negative way? And then I weigh that out. Like, you know, okay, is it might hurt one person, but is it going to make mm-hmm. a million people happy? Well, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But that's my biggest example. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not no. a good answer. Is no, that, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're saying is just like, is it going to hurt someone? Well, I right. mean, that's yeah. the difference between it's right and dignity, wrong. Like, yeah. The dignity yeah. and respect of the person. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes um, people when they hear the word servant leader, um, they struggle yeah. because with, with firing people, disciplining people and that. And the one thing I always um, reinforce is that just because you have a big heart yeah. doesn't mean you have a small mind yeah. and slow hands. Yeah. And so we are still called upon to be decisive and to achieve goals uh, and requirements of the organization. And so, but we can do it with empathy and compassion and love and not tear people down. We can build them up by emphasizing where they're good and helping them change mm-hmm. what needs to be changed. And so it's not just in the what, it's the how as well. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I've been guilty of, like, bad communication. Like, with Justin sometimes, like, we'll be at a wedding, and I'm like, uh, can you stop doing that and go do this? Like, it's not like, you know, like I'm guess not helping. Just, guess what Justin says? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Ten what? times. No, but, like, uh, I need to, like... 
I'm getting better, but I'm, I need to focus on building up and mm-hmm. like how to be better and to teach instead of just you're doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I do, I don't know, in the last couple of years, am I doing better at Oh, same. you're doing great. <laughs> no, but I want to point out like what you do. Like I w- Justin knows this, and I would not be where I am today without Justin. Thanks. Like a hundred percent. Like I acknowledge that, and I know that. And sometimes I forget to let him know that, and all things like that. So we need to focus on the good, and mm-hmm. like just like work on what we can work on, and continue to learn and serve. And but anyway, so yeah, I, w- I won't admit it, but like going back to the lying thing, like. It's something that he's taught me that's helped me out tremendously. Like, okay, why would I even lie about where I got this bottle of water from? Like, not that I ever did or anything. This is an example. It's just like, it makes you feel good internally, I think, too. If you're just like, oh, you know, if my wife asked me, how does this dress look on me? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, step, but it's just like little lightly. ticky tack, like th- things like that. Well, I'm like, well. I mean, small lies. I like this one better. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah try yeah. the other one again. <laughs> but I think like small lies. Like I've always like that's one thing in my life. Like I was taught young, do not lie. Like right. so, I really try. Like I, I, I do not tell lies unless I accidentally like you know when you accidentally like you say yeah I think it's over there you turn right but it's left. I mean, yeah. you weren't lying. You're just ignorant. You just didn't know yeah, it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think small lies. Equal, equal big cracks. Eventually, mm-hmm. they just add up, and like you're. They do this, exactly. Like yeah. it just makes this web of lies, mm-hmm. like that you'll never get over. So like it's easy to get caught up in lies, and you see that in the workplace, and like people. The workplace, like, especially. Like people yeah. lie about. Well, I'm like, working on it. Yeah. No, you you didn't know to do it until I just reminded you. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. like you totally forgot, but you're not going to tell me that because. Right. But you're going to lie about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but anyway. So I'm going to sum up some things. Remember everyone to say people's names. Like mm-hmm. I, I would think mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. And what what else would you like? No to, ticky tack lies. Yeah, don't lie. Like just treat people with respect. The golden rule. Treat something. Others. Something I tell my kids before they walk out the door to go to school or somewhere important that's not just around the house or whatever, but they know better. But I tell them, and I don't even have to speak to them anymore. I just look at them and say, hey. And I give them a good stern look. And they know to tell me back, be good and help others. Mm-hmm. Like, and, that's what yeah. I've told them. Like, if I could just, in the middle of the day, I could just be like, hey, and make, be good and help others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, uh, they're uh, a handful at home. But oh, yeah. out, out in public, they're the sweetest children. <laughs> like, like, so Justin's their doing teachers, a job, Their so. teachers are like, oh, what, what do you mean they had a rough morning getting up out of bed? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they were, like, crying and didn't want to get dressed. They're like, Gavin? Dakota? But you, as their leader, have taught them that that's what's important and that's what they're doing in the workplace almost, you know, in life. So Mm -hmm. it's little things like that that can make a huge difference. And I saw that. And thank you for everything you've done for us. And Yeah, we we probably wouldn't have this podcast today. I don't know. We talked about it on a previous episode. Of how we didn't know anything about sound. audio and sound and <laughs> microphones. You, you said you guys can figure it out. And we figured it out. So, like. <laughs> at those conferences, and we were running like yeah. twelve mics, and yeah. at first it sounded terrible, yeah, and there was like 
but you believed in us and gave us the opportunity to mm-hmm. like expand and like and I remember you like I don't know if you remember this but like when I was starting Little Josh you knew I was mm-hmm. doing that on right, the side right, right, right. but you always asked me how's it going and you like encouraged me even though you might have knew that I was going to leave I don't Eventually. know yeah, yeah but like you encouraged me and I appreciate that. So, well, like, thank you very much, yeah. and thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming and taking the time. So, I know you need to get to work now. So, no. probably, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, that episode yep. is banging right there. <laughs> That's my sign off. <laughs> Good. Good.